this book was written by uh, John Eldridge. It's it's just a really easy book to read. I think Judy found it at Walmart one day, like next to the checkout. So I know it was of God. <laughs> and um, it's a real easy read. It's about about a uh, I think a 30 or 45 minute read. So does anyone not have this book? Who doesn't? Ron doesn't have this book. So you haven't missed out on the way out today. There's a book for for a father. If you're a father, as you leave today, please grab one, okay? It's called You Have What It Takes. And it's, I wish I would have read this book when I first had uh, my kids. It's a very powerful book on fathering and just speaking into your kids' lives. <clears throat> uh, something intrigued me a few weeks ago. I saw a... Uh, news report from Seattle, and it was a, a Craigslist ad that went on Craigslist for a group of uh, 20-year-old boys that were searching to rent a father for Father's Day weekend to grill out for them, and it was, it was heartbreaking that we have a generation out there that is seeking trying to find what God created us to be, which were sons and daughters. And the, um, the, the ad was, was you had to have uh, 10 years' experience of grilling, which seemed to be very important to them. And as, as most men know, that's kind of a good thing, grilling, because there will be a lot of grilling going on today. And uh, you had to have 18 years as a father. So that was that was the the ad that was out, and their heart's longing was just to to sit and talk about different things with someone that had the experience of being a father. So um, t- to me, that was pretty heartbreaking. But I know there's hope, and and I want to pray this over each one of you today. And uh, Paul said this prayer uh, in Ephesians 1:17. It's that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of glory, may give you the spirit and wisdom of revelation in the knowledge of Him. And I, I, I just pray that over each one of you today, that He continues to reveal Himself in different ways to us. Um, the, the message states, uh, this is to make you intelligent and discerning in the knowing of Him personally. You know, He has thoughts of peace for us and not evil, like in Jeremiah 29, 11, that he has a hope for us and a future. And it doesn't really matter what you've believed in the past, uh, and, and I can experience that tremendously. Um, I grew up in the church, and the thought of the Father delighting over me was probably the least thought that I ever had, I think, growing up in the church. And the authority of the father was very evident because I could see it. I could see it all through scriptures and, and we were taught that. Uh, I think one of the biggest scriptures that, that, that I could remember as a kid was, uh, was in Psalms 97. It was the fire goes before him and he, the mountains just, just melt like wax. And I'm thinking, Oh my goodness, this, this is some authority. And, um, you know, it was it was a it was a big struggle for me because I I just 
really couldn't see the affectionate side of the father. All I saw was the authority side of the father. And and I was raised with three boys, and, and I can tell you that we weren't angels. And um, my father was was uh, held the authority very tight in our family. And it, you know, for years I never really understood why. But but as I as you become parents, you start understanding why uh, our earthly fathers have have done some of the things they've done. And and maybe some of you haven't had that example in your life. And I really believe that today the Father is speaking out to you. And he wants to reveal his heart for each one of you. And that is a discovery that continues every day. Every day there's something new for me on how the Father wants to reveal different things to me and his love for me. The uh, for me uh, going to church when I was young was um, was really all about uh, not revealing your weakness to find strength. It was really about uh, a a place to conceal my faults, so so I didn't appear to be weak. And you know, every week we would be headed to church and. You know, three boys were always up to something and causing some type of an issue and, and into something. And it was like all the way there we would hear the different things that we need to do or we shouldn't have been doing. But as soon as we walked into church, it all changed. And, and I know that doesn't happen to anybody here. There's, there's no strife on the way to church. There's, there's, no, uh, there's no spiritual battle. But, but that was a pretty common thing for, for us. And... My thought of the church was always, I can't bring the bad stuff in. I can only bring the good stuff in. I never understood that, that he wants you to place the bad stuff before him because his yoke is light. And um, I, I never quite understood that. So, And the, just the thought of revealing in the church a weakness to me was almost like shame. And and what I've learned over the years, shame to me is not getting acceptance. Because if, if somebody understands the weakness in me, then they may look at me differently and they may they may think, Well, gosh, he's 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 one of those. You know? And it was it was almost like the the religious system that was set up when Jesus came. And uh, the the sinners were, there was almost like a line driven between the religious side and the religious leaders and all the sinners. And you were marked, there's no doubt. I mean, it's, it's clear in Scripture that they were, all the sinners were marked. They were tax collectors and they were harlots and they were uh, uh, people with, with uh, a lot of different physical issues that the Lord had just put on them. Because of their life. So for, for me, uh, the consequences of sin, uh, it, I could just seem to live with that, but it was a big challenge. And, and I just want to share something. Uh, Wayne Jacobson wrote a book called He Loves Me. And he shared in this book that this, this is the, the heart of a father 
speaking to his children, that God allows us the consequences of sin, not because he delights in our anguish, but so that we can see its devastating effects and run to only the one on the universe who could set us free from them. His wrath against sin was not his rejection of us in anger, but only a reflection of the depth of his love that can't look away unconcerned as sin destroys us. Because the wages of sin are death. That's never changed. I know sometimes we, we think differently that, that uh, we can go on and sin and, and we can get by because of his grace and his mercy, but, but there's going to be no life in whatever it is because the wages of sin are death. And when I read that in this book, it made me understand that um, it, it made it clear that Romans 2.4 is so evident that it is his kindness that leads us back to forgiveness. And I don't know how you were growing up, but I wasn't like running to my dad when he got home from work telling him all the things I did wrong, okay? <laughs> because those consequences were pretty tough. And if if I was the youngest of three boys and, and we all kind of had a pact that, you know, no matter what, we're not going to reveal any of this stuff, okay? We're, we're, because the, the wrath is pretty tough. But we really never understood why the wrath was tough. So, I believe that, um, you know, he sent Christ to reveal himself to us. And, and that he chose us. And, and to be chosen is quite an experience. You know, sometimes it's good and sometimes it isn't. And when you're the youngest of three boys, sometimes being chosen isn't a good thing. You're going to do a lot of things you don't want to do. But in Ephesians 1.4, let's start at 1.3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Just as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. It was his good, it was his pleasure that he chose us. And that, and that, that verse to me probably penetrated me deeper than any other verse in the Bible. You know, Judy and I are working, uh, we're, we're uh, doing a Danny Silk uh, series right now, and some of you may know who Danny Silk is. If you don't, he's just a, the family pastor at Bethel and just a, a tremendous way of approaching uh, family and relationships and children. And he continually talks about how he chose his wife, Sherry. And if you listen to him speak, he chose her. That is part of a relationship. That is half of a relationship that it takes to create a relationship is to choose to be in relationship with someone. And I just I, I find it interesting that, that this verse says that he chose us before the foundations of the earth. Not only did he chose us, it was his pleasure and it's his will 
I, I really uh, st- struggled for many years, mainly because I, I couldn't really understand that the Father was trying to reveal the Son before I was a Christian to understand what He did. But then the Son continually on this earth reveals the Father. So as, as I looked at the life of Jesus, totally different than I ever had before, because my, my theology when I was growing up was, was um, the authority of my father was God, my earthly father, and my mother, who pretty much saved us, was Jesus. And the Holy Spirit was something odd that meant tremendous intimacy that I just couldn't get into, because it was just too intimate. And we were not an intimate family. At all. So, uh, even uh, raising, being raised in the church, I heard somebody say that they they started attending church nine months before they were born, and that's exactly what had happened to me. And we were in the church every Sunday, and every, every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every Wednesday. And I, it's amazing that you can't fathom who the Father is being brought up in a church for so so many years and it's a, it's a it's a outcry of our hearts to just know who he is and know why he's created each one of us so i as i got to understand that that jesus came to this earth and at the time it was just a mess if you can think about the time that that, that jesus came to the earth and um the religious system was 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 pretty messed up and the sinners felt that they had no place, and I, I, I think today that the church still struggles sometimes labeling people that, that you're not welcome here. And you know, if if we're living the perfect church here, it's going to be to minister. It should be the exact representation of who Jesus was. And you know, I don't think he spent a whole lot of time debating with the religious leaders. He hung out and ministered to the sinners. That was his desire. He could have stood and debated all the time he wanted to with all the religious leaders. But if you, if you read the scriptures, most of the time he was ministering to the outcast, to the sinners that knew that they were labeled as sinners. Hallelujah. And he still does that. Shikababa. So as the, as the, the Father revealed who Jesus really was to me. I was radically um, changed probably uh, in 1995. And then in 2000, I really had a revelation of who the Father was. And I was just wrecked. I was totally wrecked. It had changed my whole thought of who he was for, for all those years. And uh, probably living 35 years without really understanding who he really was. And it was, it was one night that I finally saw the affectionate side of the Father and not the authoritarian side. Because as he spoke over me, there was no condemnation. None at all. It was, it was all about convicting my heart to who he really was. But uh, in Hebrews 1.3, it says that, that Jesus was the... the who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things. I like what uh, Dave Knoll shared last Monday night at the prophetic night that 
The Passion Translation is, The sun is the dazzling radiance of God's splendor. And everything that he did on earth, if you think about and look look back at everything that he did on earth as, as he ministered to the leper and touched the leper, which was probably one of the one of a terrible religious thing to do because once you did that you were unclean. Didn't affect him one bit. That was the father. The father was 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 using him as he said in John 14 that that I do nothing on my own. That I only do as my father does. And I can, I I speak with no authority. I only speak what he is speaking to me. So the, that was the father ministering. That was the father ministering to the to the uh, the woman at the well, the Samaritan, so the father constantly <clears throat> in there uh, trying to reveal himself to people through Jesus. It was it was the father that that looked at Peter in the eye after after Jesus had been had had he had, he had uh, lied three times about who Christ was and denied him that I'm going to build the church through you. That's the heart of the Father, speaking right through Jesus. And he's alive today, and he wants to continue to reel and reveal so you can discover the heart of the Father through him. And, and as we worship today, there, there, there is never a time that the Father can resist his presence when you're worshiping. You know, in Psalms it says that he inhabits the praises of his people. So... His spirit is here today. His spirit is, is ministering to you. If uh, His spirit may be knocking on the door because when Jesus said in, in, in Revelation 3.20 that I stand at the door and knock. And if, if you hear my voice, open the door and I will be in you. And, and he's constantly, through Jesus, trying to seek us to... To heal us enough that we can hear the voice of who He is, and I think that that's that's all most of us ever want is to be able to be healed enough to hear the voice of the Father. And if if you haven't heard the voice of the Father before, in different ways, uh, the Father's love letter is just a, a tremendous way that really really affected me. Um, some of you may know what the Father's love letter is. If you don't, it's uh, it's, it's about a six-minute version of a pastor from Canada pulling verses together just to speak over you, to speak the truth over you. And it's all scripturally based. So on your way out today, everyone, there's a Father's Love Letter back there for you at the welcome table next to the books for the, for the fathers. I want to make sure everyone leaves with one. But not only leaves with it, that. Um, there's a version online on YouTube that that you can have it spoke over you, and it's it's probably for me one of the most powerful things that that I I can get as the Father speaks over me acceptance and and delight, which has been hard for me to receive for for so many years. So. I want to share just a few of those verses uh, right now over each one of you. And um, 
just close your eyes and, and, and listen to these verses as, as I speak, speak them over you. You were not a mistake. All the days are written in my book. I determined the exact time of your birth and where you would live. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. I knit you together in your mother's womb. My thoughts towards you are countless as the sand on the seashore. I rejoice over you with singing. Just as we were singing the song earlier that, that uh, he sings over us. And if you can get into a place of, of, of healing enough to know that, that he wants to continue to sing over you day by day. And, and so much of, of my growing up was, was so fear-based. Everything was so fear-based that uh, I, I, as I look at the authority of God, fear just rose up in me. But, but as, as I uh, could see the life of Jesus and, and just who he was and that he carried the heart of the Father, that um, I understood what 1 John 4.18 was, was that, that perfect love casts out fear. And, and the first love that we ever received was, was from him when he knit us together in our mother's womb. That, that first love was from him. And that as we're grown up, as, as we are raised in today's uh, society, sometimes our second love, which is, the love of our earthly father isn't perfect. And I can be the first one to say that, that um, I've fallen tremendously short with my kids so many times. And, but I, I do know that his grace can cover. And it's all about working, starting to work a relationship with them. And it, does, it can start at any time. You can fail for for 10, 20, or 30 years, but that relationship can start at any time as the Father. And, and, and the, the book that I have today for the Fathers will, will tell you that there's never a time not to start. Never a time. And um, even as, uh, you know, the Lord showed me one time that um, when, when he spoke over Jesus as, as he was starting his ministry, that there wasn't anything that he had done yet as a in, in his ministry, but the Father said, I am well pleased with him. And, and it's so easy to get tied up in, in the busyness of, of ministry that you, you, you actually think that you need to perform to earn his way. And I lived that way for so many years until the revelation of the Father really came to me. And I, the Lord showed me one day that, as, as he walked out into the desert after being baptized, he had not started his ministry, and I spoke those words over him, and I, spoke those, I speak those words over you today, that you are my sons and daughters, and I'm well pleased with you. The only limit that we can put on God's love is that there is no limit. And it doesn't matter where you're at today. It doesn't matter whether you, you think of him a certain way. If you ask for him to reveal his heart to you, 
he will be uh, gracious enough to do that in, in, um, in a manner that will change your life. For, for uh, so many years, as, even after I uh, received the revelation of, of, of who God the Father really was, there was still a void in my heart that was so tremendous. And I, I really never understood what it was. I never Actually, I never even understood it was there. And um, I think so many of us today uh, have a void in our heart of, of just who we are and the acceptance that we can be accepted, just who we are, that God created each one of us differently. And there's no, there's no standard that we need to live by, that uh, we need to be like somebody else. Because if, if you knew who God created you to be, you would never want to be anybody else. And I, I just pray that he... he reveals that revelation to you today, that he speaks over you on who he created you to be, and that you, you need to meet no other standard of the world or no other standard of anybody else. There's no reason to be looking at somebody else's life and think that I need to be like them. Boy, they, they've got it all together. Because I can tell you that um, he created you uniquely for a reason. So as a... a my relationship with my father was a, a, a pretty rough one for so many years because I rebelled tremendously. And even though I accepted Christ in the church uh, when I was young, I really didn't understand what I had done. I, I kind of thought that um, I'd made a deal, like a business deal, with, with a God that says either you choose hell or you choose heaven. And honestly, that choice wasn't too hard to figure out. Uh, but I never really understood the heart behind that. And that was my Christianity base uh, when I was small. And probably in my teenage years, I rebelled tremendously and um, finally came back to the Lord after I really realized that I needed his grace, that I could not meet the standard of what the world wanted, and that um, I had to have his grace to survive. Because it's hard trying to meet up to the world standards. I mean, it's really hard. And it's a weight that will take you out eventually. And uh, so I uh, was definitely a workaholic for so many years and thinking that that's really what I needed to do to provide for my family. And I missed the whole spiritual side for so many years of that. But I, I knew that there was a, a void there with my father, and I started to, to start building that relationship back up with him. And... Uh, Probably one of the hardest things to do sometimes is receive love because your heart, your heart just becomes so hard over a period of time. And, and, and honestly, the, the, the devil will make you think that you don't need to receive that love. And, and so many different situations might, might come up with, with um, my father that I, I, just, I, I pushed back that we just couldn't go there. It was a, you know... The intimacy to me was just a, a, a tough thing to deal with. But um, one day, and probably one of my weakest moments of my life, and, and what I learned is that, that love will find you in your weakest moment. He will come like a, a, a chariot of fire to burn in your heart when you bow down and humble yourself and say, I am in the weakest place that, that I could be. Father, I need, I need you to reveal 
who I am. I need you to reveal who you are and what your plan is for me. But uh, Judy and I had just left a doctor, and I'd been diagnosed with cancer, and and um, we understood the the how serious this really was. And uh, I, I told Judy, I said, I think we need to go to see my dad immediately. And I, I didn't know the Lord, the Holy Spirit was stirring this in me. And uh, so we went over to my dad's house and and um, Judy was asking my dad to pour oil over me and pray over me. And and I just want you to know that we, I was raised in the church. My father was a figure in the church for many years, Sunday school superintendent, and, and he was... Uh, uh, head over all the missions, and I had never once been prayed over by him. We prayed as a family, but there's something about being prayed over from your earthly father. So this was a big struggle for him because it was a very uh, intimate moment, and he was raised through the Depression, and, and he survived World War II. He was really a survivor. And that's how I saw him, was a survivor. He was a great provider for our family, but there was just never really any intimacy between any of us. And and Judy asked him, uh, I, I think you need to pray for Keith and, and um, anoint his head. And and she said that, you know, that's what the elders of the church do. And, and his response was, well, I'm not an elder. And she said, well, I... I, I I really think that you need to do this. So at that moment, I kneeled before him. And he anointed my head with oil. And Judy kind of helped him speak some of the words to get him started. And there was a healing in my heart that I had desired my whole life. And that was at, at 45 years old. A desire that had never been filled before that the Father had set up in the weakest moment for me to receive the love. So at that most humbling moment, as he spoke those words over, and I can't even remember what they were now, because it really didn't matter. But they were, they were words of acceptance. They were words of healing. They were words of, of the Father has a plan for you. And and today, as we minister, I just I just want you to to know that the Father does He wants to speak to you today. If you've never heard those words of affirmation, of acceptance, no condemnation, that we're going to have a ministry team today, and they're going to speak those words over you, and it's going to be just like a Father's blessing. And it, it could be very short. It could be um, they could they could enter in if they if they're going to get something. But but honestly, it doesn't have to be a real long blessing. So there was a part of my heart that was healed that day that was was just really really shook me to the core. And at, at that point, I didn't even really care uh, about the cancer. I just thought, man, my. I know God can physically heal anything, so, but, but you, God can't heal your heart without you wanting it healed. That's what I learned that day, is that, that he can heal anything physical, 
But his, his desire is to heal your heart more than anything because that's the thing that we generally push back at in receiving what, what he has for us. So uh, a couple years later, my dad was diagnosed with cancer. So uh, I had the opportunity to minister to him and spend the last uh, few days with him as he was sick in the hospital. And uh, I was—I actually spent the night there because we knew it was coming to the very end. And um, the doctor came in and said uh, that uh, he's... He, that, there's no reason to continue to do this treatment that, you know, it's, it's at a point to where it's just, it's not helping and it's hindering and it's going to take his life away from him. So, uh, at that exact moment, my dad said, I'm done. It was like, it was just that. I mean, he was a fighter, he was a survivor, but you know, when you, when you have that spirit in you that says you're done, you're done. And he was, he was ready to go home to the Lord. And uh, as the doctor left, it was, it was a, a, just such a moment that the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said that you need to speak a Father's blessing over him. Just as the Son that the Father sent speaking blessings over you for the Father. So in that exact moment, I knew what I was supposed to do. And I was able to minister to him. And the Holy Spirit said he has never heard these words in his whole life of affirmation, of acceptance, of love, of, of delight. And, and in that hospital room, I was able to speak those things over him. And it was a, the whole room was just filled with, with just a, the, the most beautiful peace that, that I think he could have ever felt in his life. Because I honestly believe that he, he lived those 83 years not hearing a word of acceptance, not hearing a word of, of uh, just that he was created by God, that, that the Father knit him together in his mother's womb, and that he was not a mistake, and that he was actually, the Lord could just sing over him. And, and I bring this up today because I really believe that the Father is teeing this up, that as you go out today, that, that uh, just as, as it says in John 20, 21, that the, the Son has said that the Father has sent me and I also send you, that some of you may be in a situation today with your Father. And maybe your Father's never heard those type words before. Maybe some of you are leaving on a trip to go minister that the Father is going to give you the words to speak over someone that have never in their life heard those things before. So if I could get the ministry team to come up. Thank you, Lynn. Merlin, can I? Thank you. So... Um, if Daniel, could you just spread out just a little bit? Thank you. So <coughs> today, if if there's words that if if the Lord is really knocking on the door for you, the the Father is at the door knocking, 
And, and he's asking you for a relationship through Jesus. And if, if anyone's here today that has never had that relationship before, that is, has maybe seen God as, as, as the judge up in the sky waiting to just throw the book of the law at them, that um, that is not the truth. And I just, I just break those lies today, and I say that if you would say this prayer, that Jesus will come into your heart and he will reveal to you who the Father really is. So anyone that, that, that Jesus is knocking on the door, that's the Father speaking, saying, I want to enter through Jesus because he is the way, the truth, and the life. And there's no one that can come to the Father except through him. So if you just say this prayer today, Father, I accept your love and your forgiveness through the life of Jesus and through the death of the cross. And I'm asking you to forgive everything that I've ever done in sin. And to come into my heart and to reveal yourself to me because I need you. And if you said that prayer today, please come up and, and see someone on the ministry team or, or you can see myself or my wife. Because the, the Father is ready to reveal who He is through Jesus. And Maybe the Lord's knocking at your heart. Maybe you're already a Christian. But you've never felt that acceptance. You've never felt that that He could delight over you. You've never felt that you could ever do anything good enough to be His son or daughter. That you could just come forward today and, 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 and let these these men as as I ask that they would be like a father figure to you today to speak those words of affirmation and then as you go out into the world because there wasn't there wasn't a day that that Jesus didn't cultivate prayer or community or mobile mission so each one of you can be releasing that as you receive it today Receive his love and give it away. So if you'd like to be ministered to, just come up. And for those of you that would want to just sit and soak and, and just continue to ask the Father, just speak to me. Speak to me in ways that I've never understood or have never heard before because of my heart. And go in peace and serve the Lord today.